You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world. According to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie, we'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge, all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide and temporary stepdaddy, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. <laughs> Meanie, what is on your mind? What's up, stepdaddy? What's going on, <laughs> man? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Good to be seen as a... As the saying I stole says, um, <laughs> I forget who said it, but like that's just uh, good. To, good to see, you, good to be seen. Yeah, I think I saw Michael Hayes maybe, but doot 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 uh, and so forth. Yes, doot doot doot. Do. Uh, hey, I don't need Conrad suing us for doot. <laughs> Conrad, thank you. We appreciate trademark and copyright to Conrad Thompson uh, from AdFreeShows.com. So. Do- Daddy.com. <laughs> Use um, promo code Meanie Twenty. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, man. It's uh, good to yeah. see you, pal. All is well, yeah, man. Good to see you. Uh, yeah, we uh, we had an episode last week, but we uh, little kayfabe, uh, just like Jericho's promo, we pre-taped it, and um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we um, did a full ask Meanie, which I thought was pretty fun. That is pretty bad. Uh, but here we are. Well, yeah, well, we figured, Josh and I figured, hey, let's, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I'm sure our families would like to see us. Yeah. So uh, we did a little pre-tapage. Uh, probably have to kind of sort of do that around Christmas, too. But uh, yeah, how, Thanksgiving was really good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was nice, man. It was drama-free, which is absolutely fantastic. I cannot complain <laughs> about having no drama, which is great. Um, I, uh, we were at my brother-in-law's house in Chester Township, New Jersey, which is about 45 minutes from Manhattan. So we took the kids up there and we had a great time. We stayed there. It was like Tuesday night through, through the rest of the week. So it was cool, man. It was, uh, it was great. Um, we had a really nice time. And again, like I said, I, any, any holiday that involves zero drama, I'm good with. So (laughs) it was perfect. You know, um, we've pretty much eliminated most of the drama in our life at this point. So, um, yeah, everything was good, man. How about you? How much uh, how much turkey and stuffing did you slam, bro? Because I got to know, man. Was it legendary? <laughs> what you recall? Uh, we went to my sister's house. She lives over in Jersey as well. She's the opposite end. She's in uh, South Jersey. And, uh, you know, per usual, you know, I, we show up. I uh, take over the TV, put on football, and, uh, you know, that's about it. But, that's uh, awesome. Nah, it, it, we got an inside joke in my house that, like, uh, you know, we, we used to do you know, Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas at my, my aunt's house. Okay. My, my Aunt Marie. And uh, the the joke would be like, she's like, dinner will be a five. 
and then like she wouldn't be ready until nine, right? So we, <laughs> we my sister's house, and we're like, "Are you ah, keeping up the tradition, huh?" You know, you know. Oh, dinner will be done in about five, and then like four hours later, ah, oh, dinner's ready. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I didn't fuck around with vegetables. You know, no, who needs fucking up. vegetables at at Thanksgiving? Throw them, throw that shit in the garbage, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'll get to the vegetables in January. Um, <laughs> I think I posted. I think I just posted a photo on Instagram. It was just a plate with meat and one potato in the middle of everything. <laughs> like, you know, a sweet potato because I'm That's a mark for the, uh, for the old sweet potato. You have to be, man. That's the only kind of potato that deserves to be on the plate at this point as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's, uh, well, yeah. It, it's funny because, um, you know, uh, <laughs> every year we, we have a shop right here in Philly. Mm. So that's like our local supermarket. And they do this thing every year where you can win a turkey. And we call it the $500 turkey or whatever it is because you have to spend X amount of dollars to get a free turkey. So we got a free turkey, which this week we've made. Uh, we got, we, you know, we were, we took downsized and just got the like smaller version just so we can like make our own Thanksgiving sandwiches, which we did last night, you know, nice. turkey. Like all the everything that's in the meal was just on a sandwich. Yeah. So that was dinner last night. So <laughs> that's the best way to do it, man. We had we actually we we just like picked apart that turkey that we had left. My wife picked one up from the uh, the giant. We have a giant out here in Downingtown, and we got this big giant fucking turkey. You know, and what for the past it? yeah for the past like I guess week now week uh, in a couple of days we just finally finished picking through all of it. So you know, like I said, you gotta just you know you make do. That's what you have and. You get to have Thanksgiving for an entire week, which is great. You know, all day long at lunch at work, and you know, it's 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 rad, man. It was cool. It was a good week. Like, like I said, this is my favorite part of the year. You know, uh, you know, lead, everything leading up to well, leading up to Halloween through New Year's Day. Yeah, everything, everything after New Year's Day is just dog shit. It's yeah. just like yeah, yeah it's like, dude. Like, you know, that's when you know the, the sky goes. You know, everything every day feels gray. Until maybe like March, end of March, mm-hmm. beginning of April. That's when you, that's when I look at my watch and go, oh, the sun's still at six o'clock and, you know, start counting down the summer. But well, right. That's the thing is typically like my metric is usually like St. Patrick's Day. You know, once I hit St. Patrick's oh, Day, then I'm like, yeah, this, I know that like things are going to get better now from this point. But yeah, you're right. Like I feel like once the holidays are over and we're through New Year's, it's just like literally gray for three months here in Pennsylvania. And it's just the shits, man. I hate it. I hate it yeah. so much. Yeah, just uh, you try, you try, you try to do what you can. Uh, that's why it was so awesome about you know uh, the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl run. Yeah, yeah. I went in. I went from I went from you know beginning of New Year January through February. Yeah, and like after they won the Super Bowl, you're just like in this afterglow of oh, I got to buy all the merchandise now. <laughs> Something to focus market. on. Something to focus yeah. on. Yeah, you can go and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. That I wish. Jeez, Life what a year. So yeah, that was beautiful. Beautiful, Freaking awesome year. You know what else is beautiful? Blue Meanie, the Pod Squad is here with us today. Nice to see everyone again. Uh, glad to be catching up with everybody. And uh, uh, looks like uh, a hashtag Sorensen level asked me how the move was. Have I not been on since the move? Since September. I'm not I sure that long. I'm not sure. The move was fantastic, though, guys. It was great. Um, we're officially back here in Chester County on the the, uh, the right side of the state here. Go birds. First and foremost, go birds. Uh, we're back here 
uh, here in the Philadelphia area. So it was good, man. It was uh, it was crazy. But um, I think I may have mentioned this before, but um, one of the movers stole my son's Xbox. Uh, so it was, I a whole, yeah, it was a whole thing. So that's all taken care of now. He's got a brand new system on the big flat screen and everything is, uh, everything is good now, man. Yeah. All is well, but <laughs> Wait I love you that make- Oh, man, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Vanessa, I got to tell you, though, meaning we should probably talk about this. Let's start the show with this. We built this city on Ask Me. Okay. We built this city is the worst fucking song that has ever been recorded in the history of music. It is Mm. absolutely dreadful. I put up a a tweet the other day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can we we do a disclaimer in the history of popular music there we go the history of popular music yeah i'm sure some guy at a pub has wrote a real shitty song as well you know well, some guy and listen no to heard of that nobody yeah. will ever hear and also That's too like, like we we have to be mindful of the fact that kid rock just released a song recently too that was just totally fucking terrible did you see that shit man he's riding no. in the sky he's riding in the sky on a giant middle finger holding a bottle of whiskey and it's a song about don't tell me how to leave bro stop fucking making music okay please this is that's enough that is just horrible on my ears however the, the lack of irony of somebody telling me what to do to tell him not what to do i like what like it, it was if you haven't i mean listen pod squad if you don't haven't tell me it, how to live well don't tell me how to tell you not to how right like like, what are you talking about, dude? It's like it was it was just it's uninspired, like not good trope. It's just it's terrible. I, I, I liked Kid Rock before he became Bob Seeger. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. He like the early shit was really good. Yeah. And uh, at some point he just became Bob, like a Bob Seeger light. And just like, oh, free. Like, you're, you're, you're picking the lowest fruit. You know, well, just it's you. It's like Springsteen without any of the the actual like soul in it. You know, it's like it's like yeah. somebody doing a really bad parody of of Springsteen, right? Because you know Springsteen's really good. Like he's great about talking about the the downtrodden and the oppressed and all this other stuff. And there's a the lot of man. context in his right. The working man. There's a lot of context in his music. And here's freaking Kid Rock talking about snowflakes on a song. Like what the fuck, dude? Shut up. Nobody wants to hear this shit. It's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says, but it's shit. It's dog shit, but I digress. His new shit is dog shit. His yes. old shit is good shit. He did a record with Eminem that was really solid. And uh, what was that yeah. record? His first one was it Devil Without a Cause? Was that the first, the first like mainstream uh, yeah. one he did? For that was his first mainstream, right? Uh, no, he's a big Kid Rock, early Kid Rock fan. Is fucking Danny Doring from really? ECW. Like he was on the Kid Rock thing before Devil Without a Cause. Really. Yeah, he was into that all that early stuff when he had the uh, the box haircut and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, when it was up the early morning stone pimp. Yeah, I'm familiar with all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. And Danny Doring, uh, shout out to Danny Doring. I love that guy. He uh, he he was smart to the Kid Rock stuff way before the rest of the country. So that's crazy. And you know, it's funny. It was well that early morning stone pimp stuff. I like that sound. It's the early, like I guess mid to early, early to mid nineties hip hop. You know, and it's it's just rapping yeah. and. I discovered that record around the time that I discovered um, Eminem's Infinite. So it's like you listen to it. It's very Midwest sounding hip hop, which is cool. But you can go back to that and listen to that stuff. It's it's very solid. But mm-hmm. I uh, I put up a, a kind of a sort of controversial tweet this week about um, yes Je- uh, Jefferson Airplane, which became Jefferson Starship, 
which then just became Starship, who released a song called We Built This City. And guys, guys, that song is garbage. I heard it on the radio. We were taking the kids to a, an arcade around the... Is around that the, inspired it? What's that? Is that what inspired the uh, the tweet? Yeah, we were listening to the radio. We're in Jersey, and all of a sudden, we built this shit. And it's like, oh, my God. Are like You weren't angry because you were in Jersey? I was angry because I was in Jersey, and Jersey drivers are terrible because they were all cutting us yeah. off. Not the people. Just the, the traffic. Dr- just the traffic is brutal. But I say that to say that that song just made me feel some kind of way. I'm strong enough to tweet about it. And then I got a bunch of feedback on it, and somebody wrote something about um, is that song, or actually it was um, it was Lauren it, Lauren from Ad Free Shows tweeted back and, and said something about um, you know I melt with you makes me want to jump out a window, and I'm like I melt with you makes my brain want to melt. Like so, I was like you know what? Let's throw it to the Twitter machine. Let's throw it to Twitter and see what comes up. And almost a thousand people voted on this thing, and it was super close. But everybody agreed with me that we built the city was a terrible, terrible song. It's no, just. I, 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 it's just not good. And the people, what made me even angrier is people like, oh, it's an amazing song. I love this song. I love listening to it. I'm like, you guys, like, come on. Like, friend of the show, Rainside Rant. I'm calling you out right now, brother. That song sucks. It's terrible. Which one is he liking? We built the city. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> and Vanessa says they built the city on rock and roll. That doesn't sound like it's too structurally supportive. You're right. The foundation is built on rock and roll, which is naturally vibrating. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, now, when it comes to I Melt With You, I was, I, I, I'm a little bit older. Right. It hurts to say that. But uh, I grew up in an era where that song was like, the sound, that, that whole sound of that song was a sound of a, a generation. You know, like, mm. you know, uh, I Melt You, you know, it was them. Uh, they were modern. The, the band is modern English, but then you know there's Flock of Seagulls and all that. There's like yeah. a whole, yeah, wave, synth, wave, uh, like synth rock kind of thing. Yeah, synth rock. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. You thank got you, it, man. Uh, that just like really hit that generation. Like there's music, there's movies, all accompanying that sound. Like early uh, Scandal with with Patty Smythe. You know, goodbye. Mm. That that kind of vibe where right right yeah now maybe to the somebody who uh, came after me they, they might hate that song but like if you grew up in that era that was just I hear that song and it just takes me back to a certain I can that's the beautiful thing about music you, a song can bring you back to a certain place and like there's like uh like Bruce Springsteen's Hungry Heart yeah I that. I think about myself as like a eight year old, nine year old kid walking down the boardwalk in Atlantic City, you know, playing uh, games, trying to win a teddy bear or something like that. You know, just you know, I I, I smell the funnel cake. I you know, yeah. it's stuff yeah. like that. You know, I smell the salt water in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we built the city. Yeah, fuck that song. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Song is that the video has? <laughs> here's my useless knowledge. The video has a photo of the Sands Casino in Atlantic City for just some whatever reason. They just why? Put, just put this random casino from Atlantic, and I, maybe that's why I watched the video. I was like, "Oh, let me look at the Sands again." <laughs> Meanwhile, I look at the window. I was right. growing up. 
Maybe because the thing that was in my town was in that video. I watched the video. That <laughs> could be it. Just a little hometown pride, I'm sure. That's probably what it was. I'm a I'm big on hometown pride, civic pride. That's why yeah. I don't understand like people who root for teams that aren't in the city. You know, like I was actually so I watched um oh what do you got there? It looks like delicious uh, coffee. Uh for the folks not on Patreon, which uh why not? Yeah, you should be. Register right now at uh, yes. patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. I am uh, drinking a cold brew <laughs> infused. Well, not infused. I just put some eggnog in it. Yes. So, that is the only the- way. That's the only way to drink coffee at this point from basically from the day after Thanksgiving through to January 2nd. It's the I'll only be, way I'll, to drink coffee. I'll spot you the week of Thanksgiving. too. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I'll take that too. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have eggnog, man. I actually, I have some in the fridge. I was so disappointed when we drove out. I'd stopped at there's this like little convenience store up the road from me called Royal Farms. It's like this like super Delaware thing. It's like the the Wawa of Delaware, right? And yeah. I got some eggnog and I left it in the car and I forgot oh. that I left it in the car and it was like warm for the week. I was like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I was. So I had to go stop and add an actual Wawa and go get some. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't open it. No, but it was just like sitting in the sun and I knew like, you know, when you know and you're like, no, I'm not going to do this. This is not going to end well. Like you're going to open it. It's going to no, it's going to smell like low tide. And you're just like, no, I'm not going to do this. This is going to be terrible. You know, (laughs) fuck that, man. I'm not doing this shit. No, I uh, like low tide. It tastes like low tide. That's uh, I uh, I just I I wasn't about to do it. But yeah, that's my holiday go to man. And and I try to enjoy myself in the holidays. You know, I'm not not feeling so great about myself with like putting weight back on with the pandemic and everything. But I figure the holidays, I'm going to just enjoy myself and try to be smart and sensible. But also, you know, probably ravage a couple pies and, you know, get back on it next year. And, you know, oh, what's your favorite pie? My favorite pie of all time not or rock, holiday? And not and in a non-rock way. Ah, yes, in a non-rock way. Wink, wink, understood yeah. that one. Uh, no, I mean, I guess if you're talking about, like, for the holidays, I'm a big pumpkin pie fan. Love that shit. Um, my wife also makes, like, an apple crumble kind of thing. She made it for Thanksgiving, and it's in a big tray. Next time you come over, I'll have her make it for you. And it's just in this huge, like, Pan, right? As my next question, uh, directions, please. Yes, uh, yeah. So you're gonna want, you're gonna go down to the corner. You're gonna find a guy in a poncho. His name is Hank. No, um, no, it's uh, but she bakes too, right? And she makes like all kinds of like pies and cookies and cakes and shit. And um, so that's my favorite, like my favorite pumpkin pie. My favorite pie of all time, though, is key lime pie. I know that's a very controversial take, but I love that shit. Love it so is, much. That is your we built the city. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Meanie. That's it. I quit. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I just, it's something about, I don't know if it's something like from my childhood or something about like, I'm I don't know. Oh, I know, dude. No, I'm just messing around. Yeah. I don't know if it's like something about my childhood or something that I enjoyed. I, I just like every year for my birthday, that's what I asked for. I'm like key lime pie. I want a box of donuts from federal donuts, which if you are in the Philadelphia area and we are not being yeah. paid for this plug. But if you're in the Philadelphia area, you need to go to Federal Donuts and go just just indulge because they're freaking amazing. Uh, yeah. And then I asked for a key lime pie because that's what I like. What about you? What's your uh, what's your favorite pie? Uh, yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, first and foremost, I, I kneel before the pumpkin pie. Oh, yeah. But um, what, what is it? Oh, my God. Um. Uh, Start rattling off names. I'm well, blanking. there's apple, there's blueberry, there's cherry, there's lemon. 
There's lemon meringue, which is good shit. Uh, such good shit, Manny. Uh, there's key lime. There's uh, pod squad. Help us out here. Uh, there's sweet potato pie, which Patty LaBelle makes a fucking incredible sweet potato pie. You ever had that shit? No. Go over to Walmart. They usually have them around this time. They have them in like boxes. And not, it's... I'm trying to think. It's not rice pudding pie. Ooh, uh, but that sounds incredible. But no. Uh, what is it? It's like uh, the rice Pecan, hold on, somebody in the room pecan said pecan. pie's good. Yeah, pecan's good. Apple Maybe pie all the way. Talk about things that remind you of something. Every time I hear, you know, pecan pie, whatever, that that was my mom's favorite. So Oh, wow. Every now and then, I have a slice in her honor. There so, you go. You know, there you go. That's awesome, man. You know? Uh, awesome. Banana cream. Uh, oh, yeah, banana cream. Yeah. That's a chocolate cream. I, I think the word I'm looking for is coconut cream pie. There you go. Coconut cream pie. Yep. Yeah, thanks, uh, Travis. Yeah, yeah you jarred a memory with the banana cream, which made me think of coconut. Dude, I can't speak today. Coconut <laughs> cream pie. Yep. It's the tryptophan. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. It's still in your system, ingrained in you. Plus, with the 5G, with the vaccine, it's like all getting all mushed up in there. You know, it's all crazy. Everything's going nuts. Yeah, I get it, man. I'm with you. Go, going nuts. I've been nuts. Um <laughs> You know, just, uh, you know, first lady <laughs> stuff, you hey, you know, but, uh, yeah, dude, uh, shoe fly pie. There's a good one. There's a good one we could talk about. You got to go to Lancaster some, to get a yeah. good shoe fly pie, though. I had some, uh, a couple weeks ago, we drove out to Lancaster for, uh, what's that fucking, uh, buffet there? Uh, there there's like Ooh, this. Yeah. What the hell's the name of that? I don't know, but like we we went there and they, they had some. I was like, oh my god, I got some shoe shoe fly pie. Um, I can't think of it. I don't remember. I every time we drive down there though, because I'm pretty close here down in Downingtown. You know, this is huge. Downingtown, Coatesville, right into Lancaster, and there's just every couple of feet you see a place that's got shoe shoe fly pie. So you definitely it's it's worth a stop if you're gonna do it. You got to do it right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy all kinds of pie. Um, I just, I'm not a cake guy though. Like my wife makes Jewish apple cake, which is again, I have to just give you like a, it's just going to be like a cornucopia of cakes and desserts for you when I come over. Like, Hey Mimi, here you go. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, that's pretty much the only cake I really enjoy. Um, cheesecake though. She's a big cheesecake person. Uh, shady maple buffet is the, I believe what you're looking for. Shady maple. That's the one. Uh, Richard Christie called them. Or a show and had them read off every menu on the item. <laughs> can you uh, read me the menu? Can you tell me what kind of food you got there? And she's like, <laughs> all of it? Yeah. <laughs> and she literally just re- looks at everything and reads it and goes, Oh, your phone cut out. What was that last part? <laughs> I love those guys. I was going to say, I saw your tweet about them mentioning you on uh, on on Howard Stern. How many times have they said your name? Like, are you aware? Because that's like, that's pretty fucking cool, right? To be brought up on Stern. Like, that's amazing. It's fucking legendary. I feel like have... you're over. You're so over. They brought me up twice. Uh, my work name and my shoot name. Wow. Uh, they, they, they called in some uh, wrestling radio show on the internet or whatever and Richard is like, I miss wrestling, you know, back in the old days. And he just starts saying all these wrestlers' names in alphabetical order. <laughs> there's Bob Backlund and Blue Meanie. And, and just, like, oh, they kept pop, popped. Yep. 
Yeah, they kept putting them in pause. They're like, all right, uh, anything else you want to say? And uh, you know, stop, you know. And he would just go back. He was like, oh, it's just like the old days with a go back to listening all these names. The second call, they uh, they were ribbing uh, Riley Martin, mm. uh, and uh, they were having him read like, yeah, you know, they were kind of like doing the Bart Simpson thing where yeah, write down a name and you, gotta, you know. He says the dirty word, a name that sounds like a dirty word. But they're like, man, we got to throw in some real names in here or he'll catch on. So they're like, and uh, Riley was like, uh, to Brian Heffron in the mailroom. You know, just. <laughs> and, you know, awesome, you know it, it threw in my name so that he wouldn't catch on to all, catch on to all the dirty names. You know? Oh, that's great. That's funny, man. Have you ever, did you ever go to Stern? Were you ever on the show? Never on the show, but I've been in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a, I got the uh, I got the twenty five cent tour from uh, Richard. Uh, you know, anytime we go to New York, hey, hey, come on up, and we'd go up and he'd give us a little tour of the studio and oh, that's cool, man. Like that. Some kayfabe stuff and not so kayfabe stuff, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we yeah. I I actually surprisingly enough, meaning here's a fun Adam fact: I have also been to the Howard Stern show, not on air, but I was in the studio. That is correct. Uh, very chilly in there. So I was at the K-Rock. Did you go to K-Rock or did you go to the satellite one? Satellite. Oh, okay. So I was at the K-Rock studio in, let me think about this, 2003 or 2004. I can't remember when it was. Someone will have to do the research on this. But um, I was, so a friend of mine named Jeff Schiller, he was a trainer for Bally's at the time. He's a personal trainer. And they were doing a contest called uh, From Lardass to Hardass. And it was two guys that were competing to lose weight. And they got like, you know, I don't know, it's like 25 grand and like a night with a porn star or something. And there was this contest inside of Bally's to work with Stern. And it was Jeff versus Baba Bowie's trainer. So, you know, they're training these guys and stuff. And, you know, I've been like, I've been listening to Stern since I was, I don't even, I can't even, probably way too young to be listening to Stern, right? Early 90s, like in my mom's car. Um, and Jeff says to me, he goes, hey, listen, he's like, cancel your plans on Monday. Call out of work. He's like, I'm going to take you to Stern. And I'm like, oh, shit, let's do this. Right. So we get there and Ronnie, the limo driver, meets us at the front door. And he's just like, you know, Ronnie, <laughs> he's just like yelling and hollering. I'm like, fuck you looking at yeah. pal. Yo, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. I'm like, yo, dude, it is like 430 in the morning. Like there is no reason to be so aggressive. Right. So we go upstairs and we're in like the K-Rock and the, the waiting room and the lounge and stuff. And uh, what I particular, there's two parts of that show that I remember particularly. Um, Artie Lang was wasted because he lost a ton of money on the NCAA um, basketball <laughs> games. He lost a shit ton of money. So he comes stumbling in the green room and he's super cool guy, like amazing dude. Right. Um, and Baba Bowie came in and I got I got to talk to him for a little while. But the two parts that I remember were that Fred Norris said hello to me. And if you're a fan of the Stern show, you know that no, Fred doesn't talk to anybody. Fred doesn't say more than like six words pretty much like all year. Right. He's, he's the space man. He is the space man. And I'm standing in the doorway like I'm just like hanging out, you know, and I'm just like standing in the doorway for Jeff to go in. And Fred comes out to use the bathroom and he walks by and he's like, hey, kid, how you doing? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, great, great, great. Enjoy the show. And he walks and goes back into the restroom. And he comes back out. I'm like, wait. And I said to Jeff, I said, like, did you hear that? Fred just talked to me. <laughs> like, it was crazy, right? So he comes back out and like, uh, you know, hey, have a great day. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy, right? Like, I felt like a, like an important person. Uh, and then that was also the day that uh, Courtney Love showed up to the show. She called in and she was wasted and or she was on something. I don't know. 
and um, right. they had to rush through his segment. And as we're down in the lobby, we're leaving and she walks in and she's wearing what appears to be like a almost like a cheesecloth. Like it almost looks like a like a window curtain, like a window dressing. <laughs> right. It's wrapped around her head. It's ev- yeah. like it's all it's dirty. Like it looks like she's been smoking cigarettes in front of it for probably three years. Her makeup is all over the place. She's got no shoes on and she's holding this red rose that she's walking in the studio to with Stern. She basically like floated by us, man. Like it was this really bizarre thing, you know, but yeah, that was my my I didn't get to meet uh didn't get to meet Howard because he sits in the studio the whole time. Like while they're doing the show, he never pretty much never leaves his chair. So uh, that was it was a wild experience, though. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. But when growing up, listening to Howard Stern was like an experience for me as a kid, because growing up in Atlantic City, we didn't have uh, his station. Mm. Right. We didn't have in, in, in New York, it was K-Rock in Philly, it was WISP. But then somebody smart me up to the fact that you can hook your cable up to your stereo and get FM stations from Philadelphia. You get the Philly rock stations. So what, here's what I would do. I would get the, uh, get a cable splitter, you know, that have the one cable go to my box and I have another one go into the antenna for my, my, my radio. And that WISP would come in through like crystal clear in Atlantic city, 60 miles away. So then in order for me to listen to Howard Stern, listen to the whole show, what I would do is the uh, audio out, like uh, the the thing that, you know, where you plug in your speakers, mm-hmm. about, not the speakers where you have to wrap it around and screw it in. Right, that's a that two-prong guy, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Plug that in. I would take that. So the sound that's supposed to be going out to a speaker, I would run it into my VCR, into the audio in. Oh. So then I would turn on the local cable access that would give you the weather time and all that stuff. So there'd be a clock on the screen. So at 6 AM, my VCR would go on and hit record in slow mode. And, uh, I would have a picture of the local community thing with the clock on it, but the audio would be Howard Stern. No shit. So I would come home from school at like two thirty, three o'clock hit play and I listen from Stern from the beginning. And when they go to commercial, I'm looking at the clock and I'm fast forward looking at the, the numbers go by on the screen. <laughs> Back in the day, Stern's commercials were like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you tried to pick them up on the way to work, you were screwed if you caught them in commercial because mm-hmm. you wouldn't hear anything. Right. You, know? you wouldn't hear any of the show. Yep. I remember. Yep. It was like this giant. He would do like 45, 50 minutes like straight. And then he'd be like, oh, we got to dump to commercial. And then it was literally like 10, 15 minutes of commercials. It was insane. Yeah. 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 So I would do that and fast forward through the commercials that way with the, the VHS and stuff like that. And oh, then I would just, you know, use the tape, same tape the next day and do it the same way all the way around you know so it's pretty cool that is pretty wild man that's a that's a pretty inventive way to like get the content though when you need it like that's pretty fucking cool man yeah i was i was i was crazy like that just like i would do uh make my own music videos with the vcr on top of vcr you put the one uh, tape in there and you hit record and play and you record the one clip stop and then go back to another yes yeah you put the other one in and then mash it together yeah and then I would do the same thing with the thing I would do with Stern, but with that, 
I'd put the tape on that. I just made the entire reel of clips. I'd put that in the top VCR, put another tape in the bottom, hit play on the VCR and the stereo at the same time and hit record on the, uh, the VCR at the bottom. And I would get the music to overlap the video montage I just made. Oh, that's so crazy. I would make my own, I would make my own wrestling music videos. Like here's some NWA here's, you know, I just high spots, you know, right. Right. Making my own music videos that way with the, uh, you know, my stereo, you know, with the audio from my stereo feeding into the uh, VCR. Oh, that's wild, man. That is cool, dude. I used and to somewhere. <laughs> uh, I used to uh, tape trade with uh, Rob Feinstein back in the day. Really? And, and, and uh, I met him when we were teenagers. So like I knew him for a while. So I would trade him whatever I had of something and he would trade it. I would put some of those music videos on there and uh, somewhere out there, there's like a couple vi- you know, videos out there that have these random music videos on there that I made, which is kind of weird. <laughs> or kinda cool. That's cool, man. Little Easter eggs that are out there. I, um, I remember. So the one, the one show I like pretty vividly remember from Stern obviously was his nine 11 yes. broadcast was, yeah. So I was actually, I don't know if I've mentioned the story before here. I think I told it on my show on Foundation Radio, which you can actually check out right now at foundationradio.net. Great show. Meanie's going to be on there pretty soon as well. We're going to have a nice in-depth conversation. Looking forward to that. Uh, As has real dad, Josh Chernoff, um, which we hope he's doing well today in Atlanta. We are looking forward to seeing him live Live on location. location. Josh (laughs) Chernoff from So Says Chernoff. Um, So I remember being in school. I think I was in 11th grade. It was my junior year of high school, and we I had a disc man, right? But I think my disc man was all fucked up for some reason. I mean, you remember that. I'm like, it just you as most were. Yeah. You breathe wrong and the fucking thing fell apart, right? So for that day, <laughs> you were you were literally your own DJ as you were walking, right? Um, so I had this walkman. For some reason I had it, and I used to listen to Stern on it was a tiny little like tape player, and I had these shitty little headphones, and I was listening to Stern. And I used to take it on Tuesdays because Tuesdays was my science lab. And I would be at the top of the high school, at like the third floor on the west end of the building. And there were windows above us in this in the in the room. So I got crystal clear coverage and all my other like my first three or four classes were all pretty much in the same hallway. Right. So I got crystal clear coverage pretty much of Stern. So for the first like two hours of my day, I'm in the science class. It's the lab. Right. Well, all of a sudden I'm listening and it's eight something. And here comes Baba Booey talking about. 9-11 and you know like the, the plane hitting the the the, the tower and yeah. i think he was on for like six or seven hours that day like he didn't stop broadcasting until about two o'clock that afternoon like i think he just went it was like a marathon right and i remember being someone because my school i won't mention which school but my my high school um they wouldn't tell us anything about what was going on they were very quiet they wouldn't announce anything and we found out the reason later was because a lot of the kids that went to my school had parents who worked at the twin towers and they were trying to not to create any kind of overarching like fear and like pan- like it was it was really crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but I remember being the person that was like filtering this information from Stern listening to these. It was crazy, man. It was just and I think I hope someday that the broadcasting world will give Howard his credit for being a part of that, because every year I wait for it. Every year the 9-11 comes up, I wait for him to get his nod as far as the 9-11 coverage. And it never happens. And I think it's a tragedy because he was the voice of New York and the voice of the country that day, you know, and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Somebody took that broadcast and linked it 
and dubbed it with the uh, actual news footage of that day. Really? Go on YouTube. Because uh, I just went down the 9-11 rabbit hole mm. uh, recently. And that's because, like over the summer, uh, I got a bunch of documentaries on it. I was listening to the audio book uh, of the, the guy who killed Bin Laden, uh, Robert O'Neill which is fascinating um just how he takes you through all that but uh yeah and then i found i was you know going through youtube and the, there's the you know the audio of like kind of like how i make my own videos you know yeah the audio of the stern broadcast with the local news over top of it and you know the, the the stark contrast from where you know the tv news was that morning before the crash and then after the crash because like they were just just doing you know the regular old you know interviews with yeah. coming up you know such and such we got so and so to talk about such and such and then boom you know and then they showed the footage and all that stuff but you know credit to howard stern he yeah. was the first he said oh it's osama bin laden well, he said it you was know? a terrorist. He said it was a terrorist attack. He was the, f- yeah. I think, the very first person, the very first media entity to yeah. say explicitly, because, I mean, remember, he's in New York. He's watching this, right? And yeah. when the second plane hit, that was the first thing out of his mouth. I can, I can recall it almost clearly. He's like, we are under attack. This is a terrorist attack. And yeah. um, it's it's weird, right? Like, because I remember watching that footage, too, because this year was the past. This this past September was the 20th anniversary of that. And it's weird watching all that footage, like from the Today Show and all, like Good Morning yeah. America leading right up to that time. It's almost like watching a piece of that. Like, it's almost like watching the world break. Right. Like the way that everything because, yeah. you know, now, like it's hard to explain to my kids, like my oldest son is eight and they just like started recently learning about like nine 11 and like the things that are happening. And it's weird to explain a world to him in that existed before that, you know, because like I even try to think about it and it's like, it's just, it's such a foreign idea. It's a foreign concept now, but it is weird to watch everything screech to a halt and then realistically the world break. So I'm looking forward to finding that footage online and, and listening to that because I, I really, it's quite a, it's quite a, a segment of history, which I think doesn't get enough attention. And I think doesn't get the, the, the credit that it deserves. Um, but, uh, yeah, Travis, you can watch the full Howard. Oh, you can watch the full Howard TV in nine 11. I'll have to look for it. I haven't been able to find it. I don't know if they like, if Sirius strikes it or whatever, you know, like they copyright or whatever. You have to kind of creatively word it. In right. The, uh, description, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I'll have to take a look for it. But, uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on real fast before we get into ask Meanie, uh, I wanted to talk about last night's, uh, SmackDown, uh, full disclosure and uh, shoot. We are uh, recording this on Saturday morning, uh, December yes. 4th, a um, baseball. little inside baseball. Thank you very much. Uh, so John Alba just tweeted something that I thought was very interesting. It seems to be, uh, stirring up, uh, the Twitter sphere right now, friend of the show, John Alba from ad free shows. Uh, Roman Reigns. So last night was the big main event between Sami Zayn and uh, Roman I, I Reigns. Seen SmackDown. So everything you're about to tell me is fresh to my mind. So you haven't seen it, and you're okay if I spoil, right? Please. please okay. Please, please. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear anything on SmackDown by the time we listen to the show on Monday, please fast forward right now for probably like the next 15 minutes. Okay. So. Okay. You have been warned. All right, so uh, John Alba tweets, Roman Reigns is really great, but this title reign is not helping a lot of people. And people are exploding about this right now, Meanie. 
Because what happened last night, Sami Zayn gets into the ring. He has this whole really funny segment with Brock Lesnar. Like, it's really very, very funny. Um, basically like a buddy cop thing. And he's Brock's basically kind of like forcing him, forcing Sami Zayn to go and fight Roman Reigns tonight. Sami Zayn gets into the ring. He's talking shit to the crowd because obviously he's in Texas and he's just doing his thing, which Sami Zayn's absolutely one of my favorite right now. Like I would say top three at uh, top three active wrestlers right now. And he's just characters kind of a shoot. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like it's kind of like it's it's. And I think I guess it was Bruce that said that like, when you take uh, your personality, who you are, and turn the volume up, and that's in some ways who Sammy, Sammy Zayn is, and uh, he's just he's just fantastic, magnificent at it. If you want a great study, and if you're trying to break into the business, and you want to look at somebody who's doing great character work, and I'm sure you could agree with this, someone who's been in there. I mean, that's yeah. that guy is killing it, man. So he's going up. He's talking to Brock Lesnar in the ring. Brock's in the ring with him. And Brock starts just giving him like suplex city, right? He's giving him German suplex after German suplex. Hits him with two F5s. And then all of a sudden Roman Reigns comes out, right? With the Usos and Heyman. And now I'll preface this by saying that I absolutely fucking love Roman Reigns. I think it's the best storyline out there in any company anywhere. His arc, the bloodline, Heyman, everything is, is amazing, right? Shout out to Paul Heyman who called me Goober on Twitter a couple weeks ago as well. Um... So they prop up Sami Zayn in the corner of the ring. And my thought is there's going to be some kind of swerve, right? Brock Lesnar is going to beat the dog shit out of Roman Reigns. He's going to throw Sami Zayn on top of him. And Sami's going to be the champion, right? Like that's where my brain went, right? Because expect the unexpected and Vince and good shit. He puts him in the the the, the clutch, the, the submission move, and he taps out in 11 seconds. Sami Zayn and the match is over and Roman wins. And I'm thinking, wow, that was weird. That was the first time I like kind of had a question about like creative in that way. You know, it was like, why did we build up Sami Zayn this whole way and only to have it go back to Brock and, and Roman? And then I started thinking about things like with Cesaro, that whole push where Cesaro went up and they were going to throw him against Roman and they were going to do this and they were going to do that. And Cesaro kind of fell back a little bit. You know, I mean, he definitely got the shine that he deserved, but it was like, well, what happens to him now? You know, and that's what John Alba is talking about here. So I'm going to read these tweets to you, Meanie, and then I want you to give me your professional analysis on these <laughs> tweets, okay? It's time for Dr. Meanie. Dr. Meanie. Okay. So I'll start as from the top. As I could be. There we go. Roman Reigns is really great, but this title reign is not helping a whole lot of people. There are an awful lot of you, apparently, who don't understand how feuds can be mutually beneficial, even if someone is booked as a dominant champion. A lot of you seem to think that this whole issue is about Roman Reigns when it's very much the opposite. It's about who comes out at who comes out of his feuds and how they're positioned afterwards. Do people benefit from working in the ring with a top guy? Sure. What's that benefit when they're pushed right back to their original spot in the card after working with him or not featured at all? Who, in good faith, is a credible challenger aside from Brock Lesnar right now? If you think this is about no one beating Roman Reigns, that's not it either. I've been a proponent of the start of this reign of building to the payoff of someone beating him to get a big coronation. But as time passed, who is left? And what do you do until you get to them? I thought babyface Kevin Owens was the guy. They had superb chemistry, compelling segments and matches, and with fans coming back, Owens was the empathetic blue-collar babyface to get behind. It got burned quickly, and even after getting screwed in story, never got comeuppance. So where is this? where is he positioned now? Well, he spends the rest of the year without much direction, and he was elevated back to the main event scene until, or wasn't elevated until he turned heel. So that's the issue here, right? Struggling to elevate credible baby faces, which is the very crux of wrestling. Uh, 
in some ways, yeah, the 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 uh, creative is dis- disjointed. But you know, way, the way you just described the whole Sami Zayn thing, to me, doesn't seem like it does any harm to Sami in the fact that a he was going to face Roman Reigns, and b it took you know Brock Lesnar to hit him with all these moves for Roman to be able to beat him. So he kind of got screwed, you know. If, um, if I may. As a side note in the segment to that, I do not believe that the Sami Zayn storyline is over. And I genuinely believe that there is going to be some kind of swerve where Sami Zayn ends up with the title. I just, I I, I can't speak from any, and I'm not booking. I've never booked a wrestling show, folks. I've never worked in the industry. But what it appears to be is that there's going to be some sort of three-way dance here, and Sami Zayn is going to be involved in this. Roman Reigns has been very, very vocal in shoot interviews about how much he loves Sami Zayn, and the more Sami Zayn he can get on TV, the better. So I think this is a big part of that. But I'm just, again, I could be completely wrong. Go ahead, Meanie. I'm sorry. No, but we live in a world where people want instant payoffs instead of letting things marinate. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the CM Punk MJF gimmick right now, you know, people are like, oh, you know, they're, they're killing Punk's mystique and all this stuff. Well, you know, Punk comes out. He goes to have a match. MJF comes out. They do their promo battle, you know. And then next week, you know, MJF does something. Punk comes out. You know, right. it's, it, they're going to be doing this for you know the next couple, however longs. And then uh, eventually, it'll, it'll have to lead to some kind of confrontation. But like in the meantime, people are going, oh. They're just wasting Punk having them do these matches on TV. These matches on TV are leading to the fact that MJF can come out and bury him on the mic. Right, right. Could go. These matches are important because they lead to the back and forth between MJF and MJF running them down. And maybe, you know, he lights that spark underneath Punk where Punk becomes the old school Punk, you know. And uh, the same way you know, with WWE, you know, you said this thing with like this thing with Sami Zayn might not be over, you know, but we we live in such a microwave mentality where instead of you know cooking something for hours on end, we just throw it in the microwave and it's ready in two minutes. Right, right, and then it's done, and then you it's it's we, yeah. Go ahead. We we, we uh, cook it, we consume it, we shit it out, and we're on to the next meal, you know. So it's it's just where where we are as a wrestling thing, but you know, if you let it breathe and let it go, you know, like saying that Roman Reigns is um, title reign isn't helping anybody. Well, it's kind of like you know back in the day when you know Flair was champion, he was going around to the territories. Uh, you know, Flair would go to the territories. It would work with whoever, you know, right. was in territory. That person was a better, had a little bit of shine on them, you know, as Flair was on his way out. Well, like, in a way, you know, if you're working with Roman, you know, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a tip of the cap that you're deserving of working with Roman. To me, Roman's one of the best workers in the world right now. Well, Big him, he just, go ahead. Me, me, him, and, him and Orton. Yeah. Are, Best workers right now. Well, I think there's a reason why they give everybody who becomes a new champion a, a shot with Randy Orton because he is the guy. I mean, the, the Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre stuff was fucking phenomenal. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. It was great. Yeah. 
Um, Big E has said publicly that Roman Reigns, he didn't appreciate, I don't know if he, I can't, I'm probably paraphrasing, but something about the, I didn't appreciate Roman Reigns until I was in the ring with him. I didn't know how good he was until I got into the ring with him. Um, but I mean, even Cesaro, like you have a bunch of these guys that the, in the IWC is calling for to be in the title picture. You have Cesaro, um, I get Sami Zayn now, um, Kevin Owens, Big E, all of these people that you're trying to get back into the ring. And now every, no one has any patience, right? I want this storyline with Sami Zayn to go crazy, right? I want there to be a bunch of stuff. I want there to be all kinds of heat between these guys. Um, I want there to be all kinds of things that are happening. Uh, if you guys are on Patreon right now, you can see my, my middle son, Danny, doing some animal impressions. Um, but I want I want all of I want Sami Zayn to be a part of this storyline because I think there's a really solid way for them to build between Brock and Roman and have it be totally chaotic, right? Totally insane. Have a huge swerve because I think that's what you're going to get with this match. But I don't necessarily know. If people are going to be patient enough, because it seems like WWE right now is reacting to folks who are responding in the audience, right? Like they're not letting things marinate. And because of that, things are getting a little bit more, you know, it's not moving as quick as it should. Is that, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. Cause I've been in a room where, you know, when I was in WWE, uh, and we were doing the Funkin' Dojo at the, um, yeah, the Titan Towers and at the warehouse, we would go over to the towers for the day, you know, work out, have breakfast, and we go into the, the, the cafeteria, and there would be these folks sitting around a TV watching the local, the, the recent, like, uh, shotgun Saturday night or whatever. Right. And you know, we sit there, and, we're, and, and this is 20 years ago. I don't know if they still do this now, but they go by what, you know, people are saying. What's What's the buzz? Right. WWE is huge on buzz, and they they got they got people out there on the internet reading. Oh, for shit. sure, they have to. Yeah, they're not. They're not. This oh, isn't no, something. No, yeah. they do. I've heard from people who you know work work there now and used to work there. They have people looking at the social media feed, paid specifically to look at the social media feeds, and uh, you know, and look at you know certain wrestlers, uh, you know you know, social media feeds, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. And they go, they go off base based off of things like that. And that's why, you know, uh, even when something's horrible, you know, people it's perceived as horrible. They don't care because people are talking about them as much as people go online and say, Oh, this show sucks. WWE's delighted because you're putting a product over. You know, even if something's horrible, if it's trending, that's putting eyeballs on the product. You know, that's putting attention on the product. You know, it, it sounds, you know, stupid. It sounds, you know, counterproductive. But, you know, uh, you know, it's all, it, the best way if you ever wanted to, you know, bury WWE is, is to stop talking about it. You know, don't tweet about it. Don't watch it. You know, right. That's why I mean I know I'm getting a little off course here. You no, know, but, dude, uh, this is the mind of the meanie, sir. This is not the mind of Adam Barnard. This is the mind of the meanie. Please, the floor is yours, sir. That's why I'm muting myself because I want you to just keep going. Keep, keep, keep after <laughs> it, man. Keep going. But you know, the, the, you know, if you if people want change in WWE, just just stop watching it. You know, just you know, you know, don't talk. I, I feel I feel for those people who it's their explicitly their job to sit there and review and do um you know show recaps imagine you know forcing yourself to watch something that you know you're going to hate 
you know, well, just, right. What's the, I mean, I, I guess like in some aspects, like I guess the guys from Fightful, like they have to, right? Because that's part of their business model and they have to watch that stuff. Sala Monsters the same way. But I God, I can't even, like, could you imagine having to be forced to like, oh my God, this show sucks. And you got to sit yeah. and watch it. Like, it's brutal, man. That sucks. Dude, and as long as I've been a smart mark, you know, um, or smart to the business, it seems like WWE's always been the heel. And whoever faces WWE is the baby face. As long as I've been like reading it, like in this is going back to like 92, 93, when I started reading the newsletters and stuff like that, WWE, always the villains. Whoever goes up against WWE, WWE was the baby faces and stuff like that. So here we are now and the, you know, AEW is the main baby face and WWE's, you know, the main heels and stuff like that. But getting back to that thing, you know, if you're in the ring with Roman Reigns, that means something. That's a that's a tip of the cap. That's a nod to say you're worthy of being in the ring with Roman Reigns. And even though Sammy apparently got, you know, pinned in 11 seconds, but it took Brock Lesnar to destroy him leading up to. Well, right. That. That's a really important distinction, too. That's a really important part of the story is the fact that he went all the way through Brock. Like Brock Lesnar went all the way through Sami Zayn in order to stop Sami Zayn from winning. So the point yeah. is, are they, again, and that's why I keep thinking this this storyline isn't over. Something is going to happen. Something more is going to come from this where they're going to bring Sami Zayn as a part of this. And that's what I'm wondering about what's going to happen with Kevin Owens at day one as well. Because now he's in the title picture. Or is he going to be the one that beats Seth Rollins instead of, you know, like it, like making keeping yeah. Big E looking strong, right? He's going to pin yeah. Seth Rollins to win the title. Big E still looks solid. And Kevin Owens is the champion, right? Is that something that you could imagine happening as far as like your experience with, with booking and things of that nature? Yeah, it, it, that sounds some, something that's plausible. And, you know, uh, Sammy comes out of this whole situation being more sympathetic, you know? And p fans will be like, you know, create, you know, get some sympathy on the, uh, I don't know if he's total babyface now, but, uh, you know, get, yeah. get some but you, you know, the crowd really loved watching him getting his ass kicked, though. They really enjoyed watching him get beat up. And and I, I mean, he was talking shit to Texas pretty much the entire time. Right. So it wasn't like it was, you know, I mean, it, description, you know? right. But I mean, it could have been something along those lines. Right. So um, I'm curious to see where this goes again. I'm very excited. If you guys think what do you guys think about this? Let us know. Go to at mind of the meaty tweet us right now. Meanie, you know what it's time for? It's time for ask Meanie. I would love to. Ask me something. Ooh. All right. Let's go to the top. We got a couple questions here today. Don't forget, if you want to ask us any questions, tweet us at Mind of the Meanie. You can tag Meanie on that at Blue Meanie, B W O, uh, and use the hashtag Ask Meanie. Anthony Camerata is asking Have you ever heard a rumor about yourself that wasn't true but sounded like a lot of fun? Uh, have I ever heard a rumor about myself that wasn't true, but sounded like a lot of fun? Uh, not really. Cause most of the rumors I hear about me are people going, I thought you were dead. Oh man. And you, that's a lovely one to hear. You know, somebody comes up to you and go, blue meanie. I thought you were dead. And like, they no sense of, Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that to somebody. Uh, obviously he's not dead. He's in front of me. So I probably should go up to this person who's well, really alive and say, Hey, I thought you were dead. 
I don't how know. Often, how often does that happen, though? Does that happen pretty often? Uh, once every, like, maybe two years or something like that. You Jesus. get some fucking credit prevention going, I thought you were dead. Who says that stuff? Also, before we keep going, I forgot we have to crack our drinks. Um, we have to give a little seltzer. Did you, did you? I can crack for us today. Please. Yeah, right, I, so I got so I got so sidetracked with. <laughs> well, you also nog. have you also have coffee with the eggnog, so I get it, man. Trust me, I'll crack yeah. one for us here uh, today yeah. before we continue going. Nice little seltzer kiss on the microphone. So go ahead, continue. I apologize. Oh no! Look, and this is why you're a part of the team. You 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 got my you got my back. I do. Uh, and sometimes my front. Sometimes no, it depends on context. It depends on where we are, what we've been doing for the day. Really, you know, I mean, it, it, it happens. Okay, it's just things happen. You're good people, and that's I why I that. appreciate you having my back with the uh, the seltzer. So, hey, man, I'm here. I'm, I'm slipping at my own gimmick, man. Hey, dude, know. but you know what, man? I just cracked it for us. I can double the sound up. It's gonna be fine, it, man. In, in the words of Trent Reznor, what have I become? <laughs> you know? Hey man, let's see what else we got going on here on. Oh yeah, uh, no, yeah, like people saying that shit. Yeah, that's crazy. A little pro tip: if uh, you're at a convention, you see a wrestler that you heard was dead and they're clearly alive, don't remind them that you heard that they were dead. That's. But it's and the here's the shame of it, right? It it sucks to say that to somebody. It sucks to. Make somebody feel that way that somebody thought they were dead, right? But that doesn't do any of the fans, the good fans, any favors. Because it's this small hive of shithead fans that ruin it for the whole fan base. Because, you know, that'll spoil, you know, wrestler, whoever, so-and-so will be like, well, you know, fuck the fans now, you know? And it's there's a lot of good fans out there that had to pay the price for the small amount of shitheads. And that's, you know? I guess that's sort of my, my thing sometimes with the podcasting world is like, you know, I look, I'm not cocky. I'm just confident in my abilities. Right. I, I think I'm a good interviewer. You know, no, you are, I, I think I have, I have good conversation. I have great conversation with people, but it's extremely difficult when you're like, Oh, I have a podcast and I interview people. They're like, Oh, no, thanks. We don't want to be a part of that. It's because there's been like mountains and mountains of shitheads who basically fuck, ask stupid questions and say stupid things and kind of have like fucked it up for everybody. So now like when you're actually like somebody like Josh or somebody like Chris Van Vliet or any of these guys like us who do these really amazing conversations, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, no, thanks. We don't want to be a part of that, you know? And I think it's it's kind of the same thing. It's like you have these wrestling fans who are marks, you know, like like mouth-breathing idiots who ask you guys stupid questions and say stupid shit. I correct people in my own personal life now, just from our relationship. When we've talked, it's I correct people. It's like, oh, that's not the right terminology. You don't want to say that. You know, like that's not, you, it doesn't mean what you think it means. You know, um, I right. just, it's just, it's, I don't know. I can imagine that would be extremely frustrating. And also too, it's a little, it's, it's condescending, but it's also like unnecessarily hurtful, you know? Yeah, you you're good. Josh is good. Chris Van Vliet and uh, I'm trying to think of the dude who does the Don Morocco podcast. He is really good. Um, British fella. He uh, and he, he just put up an interview with uh, Headbanger Mosh. That's really good. Um, 
but I wish I could think of his name off. He did a book on Owen Hart and a book on The Rock. Too. I'm looking up, looking him up right now. I'm just trying to find the name of the show. I found Don Morocco's magnificent podcast on Podbean. Um, let's see. What is this guy's name? I apologize. We're going to find out for you, and we're going to get it to you, get that information up for you as well. Let's get to yeah, a couple of other questions. I got to give that guy a shout out just because uh, I, wa I watch his stuff every day. And yeah. like, he's a fun interview. So there's him, you, Josh, uh, Chris Van Vliet. I want to I shout like out Paul, Paul Bromwell as well. Paul Bromwell is fucking fantastic. Wonderful oh, yeah. guy. Well, yeah. When it comes to that, for, yeah, he does everything. But yeah, uh, Paul Bromwell's the man. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's finding his own voice, you know? He's yeah, part of three shows, but he's easily a, a breakout star of that that crew. Absolutely, yeah. And what was the name you said as I was bringing up Paul? Who was the person you mentioned? Uh, the Hannibal, the Hannibal Channel. Uh, yes, where he's at. Hannibal TV. He's yes. a good guy. Yeah, I'm gonna try to find. I, they don't have any information on this guy's name anywhere. Hold on one second. I gotta find this because I don't want to let this slide without knowing what the hell this yeah, guy's name is. I want to the guy's propers. Let's see, Don Morocco. Here he is. Um. Nancy, let me see. Owen Hart, King of Pranks. Here we go. And Dwayne. James Romero. That's his name. James Romero. That Shout out him. to you, my friend. Man. Go follow his channel. His, he's got he's got the Don Morocco channel. It's I think it's wrestling shoot interviews. Yes. Now he put on this mic WSI wrestling shoot interviews. <laughs> James Romero, did you say? James Romero. Yes, that was his name. Yep. Not to confuse or Romero, the, the director. Yeah, correct. Yes, that would be somebody different. Yeah. yeah Mark yeah. in Dryden asked, what was more painful to watch? The last couple of years of world class or the AWA? Oh, that's a good question, man. Could we throw like Russo WCW in that too? Here's the weird thing. I wasn't, I really didn't watch that that much. Like I, there's a lot of stuff I'm on WCW. I'm watching now because, like, when I was in WWE, we're just so focused. Yeah, focused. But uh, I would say, I would have to say that last days of AWA, because mm. eventually they were just doing, they were had they were doing studio wrestling towards the end there. Yeah, you know, there was. That the, the team challenge series they did where uh, Jake the Milkman Milliman. You know, uh, won the turkey <laughs> <laughs> over Lord James Blears or whatever. Uh, not Lord James Blears, uh, Colonel De Beers. <laughs> mm, mm. Oh my God, that was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, it's it kind of heartbreaking. All sounds terrible, dude. <laughs> Fucking brutal and to watch, man. They kind of had the original Thunderdome there. They did that uh, thing where people were walking down the hallway with, I guess it's a green screen. They got the fans in there or whatever. Yeah. Something weird. But man, then they were place. At least they still had some fans, you know. Yeah, yeah. The AWA got basically just gutted at at a certain point, right? I mean, once Hogan was out, and and you know Vince kind of pilfered and threw the entire organization. I mean, there really wasn't a lot left, right? And the shame of that is, is it's just it was Vern not keeping up with the the, the times. Yeah. Uh, if you read, I don't know if you read Gary Michael Capetta's book Body Slam. No. I highly recommend it. Uh, but first of all, it, like he said, he was uh, Gary Michael Capetto was ring announced for AWA. And Vern came up to him and goes, uh, how was this week's TV? Like, as in, and Gary took it as, 
uh, you want my opinion? He's like, no, I didn't watch it. My, my, my local cable channel doesn't in Minnesota doesn't get our, he was, he wasn't able to watch his own TV because the K I guess the he blamed the cable company, not carrying the, the station that they were on. But bro, it's your company. It's your company. Bro, bro don't you have a VCR? Uh, like, like dude, what the fuck, man? Gary just said he just stood there like, what? <laughs> Good God, dude. Yeah, it's just, you know, um, I mean, talk about shooting yourself in the foot and, and shooting yourself in the foot between, you know, letting Hogan go over some merch money, you know. Yeah, that could have been to huge. Keep, we tried to keep all of Hulk's uh, T-shirt money. Wow. And then he wanted part of Hulk's Japan money. Oh, yeah, Hulk's no way. Like, Hulk no said, that way. doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> the stroke in the Fu Manchu. That does work yeah. for me, brother. Now, I, I really heard the AWA besides, or first time I saw AWA besides the after mags was, you know, uh, because of Hulk Hogan. Hogan was, uh, you know, every, every you know, city had their like regional magazine show, PM magazine, evening magazine, and Philly had evening magazine. Some cities had PM magazine. But they do personality profiles on Hulk Hogan, and you're, you're seeing like video of you know Hogan against Saito and uh, Kempatera, you know, smashing a trophy and all this stuff. Yeah, you know, Hulk hitting the double biceps, and they're interviewing him and stuff. It's like I gotta see Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and then, and then like a couple months later, Bob Backlund brings him out when he's you know wrestling the Samoans. You know, back, Backlund had lost the title. Right. And he was going to Samoans and he was outnumbered. So he went to the locker room and brought out Hogan. And the rest is history. Know, yeah, the launch of the Hulkamania era. It's so. crazy how quick, how, how a decision was made. Clearly, a decision was made there to, you know, th- that changed the course of wrestling history, which is just, it's just nuts, man. Like, I can't even, I can't even really wrap my mind around it. But uh, speaking of nuts, meaning. <laughs> Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins while you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for cuffing season like no other. Are you ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com right now for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MEANY20. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped's Performance Package 2.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn off the or to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave plus meaning it's waterproof. I had this experience in the shower the other day. Little John and the East Side Boys were looking a little raggedy they were looking a little rough and i'm like hey you know what i'm gonna do i can't take my regular razor in the shower because that's fucking disgusting you gotta get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer got that spotlight in the shower and the waterproof made everything look absolutely fantastic how's uh how's everything looking down there right now with uh with your little john and the east side boys uh south side johnny and the jukes are doing pretty good uh (laughs) 
<laughs> so you taking a sip of water there. So <laughs> so good, man. It's uh, so good. Shout out to Manscaped. They sent me uh, the body wash. Ooh. The uh, body wash and the all the uh, all in one shampoo conditioner. Wow. Yeah. And these uh, really cool containers. Uh, these things feel like you know they could be weapons. They're they're like like a metal container with the pumps and stuff like that. So when you're in the shower and you want to smell like a damn handsome man, they got the uh, the the Manscaped body wash and the shampoo and conditioner, which I use on my head and I put a little bit through uh, the meanie beard and. Uh, my hair's feeling nice and soft and smooth. So uh, it's it's great it's great to have the softness and also too you want to make sure that your balls are soft as well by using these products. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and your ear. The nose and hair ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered. 360 degree rotary dual blade system to provide proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevents nicks snags and tugs in those delicate areas and trust me nothing is fucking worse than getting your nose cut while you're cutting your nose hair i used one of those off-brand nose hair trimmers the other day because as i'm getting older now i'm getting closer to 40 than i am to being 20 and i'm getting a lot of these long nose hairs man it looks like i got freaking weeds growing out right literally looks like it's coming out i use that it's like it's like the straw man riding a picket fence. It really is. It it really feels like it's crawling out of my nose. I use that weed whacker, chop them right up, and now it is fresh and smooth. Guys, don't go into fall looking like you have a button and a fur coat. Get ready to it. <laughs> Get ready to impress her like crazy by using Manscaped. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everybody knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand, meaning I can tell you from experience, they absolutely do. Uh, Then after trimming the pumpkin patch and whacking the leaves, give your balls a boost and use the Crop Reviver. Manscaped's even throwing in two free gifts in their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get comfy on the go and at home this season get 20% off and free shipping with the code meanie 20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code meanie 20 at manscaped.com make your balls a priority this fall don't look like a button in a fur coat choose manscaped your balls will thank you and blue meanie I must thank you again for allowing me to be here as the temporary tour guide and stepdaddy extraordinaire as well on the mind of the meanie where can everybody find your stuff man uh well before i do that shout out to vanessa bello in our chat room says manscape deck the halls and trip your log and your sweaty balls <laughs> i love my sweaty balls why manscape does not hire vanessa bello to, to write their ad reads is beyond me Vanessa but, uh, is writing like it feels like Vanessa is just like just it the pen and, and Vanessa are just magic oh, yeah. magic yes yes manscape you're but, making a mistake uh, you should do this I dare you um <laughs> seriously uh, no dude dude thank you for being here uh uh you're part of the family you're part of the team uh you know I've said this before and I'll it bears repeating you know uh Josh said hey there's this dude named Adam I think it would be good for the times I can be here. I was like, you say he's good. He's good. And then, you know, we start doing a couple shows and yeah, you're good, man. So <laughs> I appreciate that, so, man. Thank you very well, much. It also helps that, you know, you know, you're, you're a PA boy. So, you know, you know, helps go birds. Know. First and foremost, go birds. Yes. As always. 
because if this is like if you were like a Dallas fan, that'd be a hard show to fucking oh, do. God, dude. If I was a Dallas fan, I'd punch myself in the mouth. Uh so <laughs> where can everyone find you? My brother was like that. My older brother, he listens to the show. Matt, my brother Matt. Uh, he was always a front runner when we were kids, and it was always the Dallas Cowboys and the Chicago Bulls. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking up, man. You're just fucking up liking the Cowboys. Someday no. this is going to come back. And I told you, Matt, it came back. But anyway, so, go ahead. So get, get, get back to Thanksgiving real quick. I have one of those nephews. Well, I, he's a great nephew, grandnephew, whatever. He's my niece's kid. So okay. He's at that age where whatever you like, he's going to like the opposite. Oh, so yeah. yeah yeah i was watching the cowboys game and rooting against the cowboys and he's like i like the cowboys i was like get the fuck out of this house <laughs> you're disowned you're disowned get out i don't care for 12 get the fuck out <laughs> i walk the fuck home tell me who the bad man is that hurt you that made you like the cowboys oh uh, shit speaking of hurting people dude al what oh, like, what the fuck are we doing here man Every single time I'm on the show, Al is going to like, and you know, we just did a recent episode of Foundation Radio where we watched the kennel from hell match. So I'm already probably in the doghouse. Get it? You like what I did there? Already in the doghouse with Al. Now I forgot to bring him in on the show. I've had, well, here's the thing. Uh, I have free shows is having Al on this Monday and Josh is supposed to be the host. Oh, so I hope they don't forget Al on his own show. That's really what I'm hoping that doesn't happen is that they forget I Al. I, I, you know, I don't want to get off his Christmas card list. You know, he's been my friend for tw- over 28 years, you know, just <sighs> fucking Al. Al Snow is a genuinely terrifying human being, and I'm afraid that I'm going to end up in some like Kirafuda clutch. And I'm going to be yeah. like just choked out. And so Al Snow, I, uh, I'm i looking right at the camera. I apologize. I promise next next time I'm I'm here, I will bring Al, you on the show. Al, it's his fault. It's it is. It is. It, it's my Al. It's my fault. It's uh, my name is my name is Josh Chernoff. Uh, anyway, make sure if you're not a top guy, go be a top guy right now at adfreeshows.com. Again, free plug because those guys are fucking awesome. I love everybody on the ad free shows team. But. Real Daddy, Josh Chernoff is going to be over there helping out uh, with the Top Guys program that's featuring Al Snow uh, on Monday. So make sure you do yourself a favor and go sign up right now. But also join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. Get registered today because why shouldn't you? Because we're fucking amazing. You get to see our lovely faces every week when we do the show. So we're we'll be here. We'll be here. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Meanie, where can we find you on social media, pal? You can find me down at the docks with the uh, Tommy and Gina. You gotta warn me before you do that stuff. No, I don't. That's why I said that because I saw you take this up. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, find me on social media at Blue Mini BWO across all uh, social media platforms. Uh, if you would like to support the Blue Mini, go to pressontees.com slash blue meanie uh right now i got the vwo ugly christmas sweater t-shirt up there so uh get that in time for the holidays uh if you want to su- support mind and meanie go to mindandmeanie.com slash i mean uh sorry presslentees.com slash mind and meanie also go to mindandmeanie.com where you can listen to this podcast every monday morning at 6 a.m so i didn't really do a boo-boo there no uh support Support Josh Chernoff across all social media platforms at So Says Chernoff. 
uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash So Says Chernoff. And uh, uh, if you want, you know, it's the holidays. Uh, we just did Thanksgiving, but Christmas is coming up. Go to Cameo.com slash BlueMeanEBWO where I can give you a, a good holiday wish. I just did a, uh, a message for somebody's wedding anniversary. A whole bunch of good stuff. So the reviews are in. Five stars across the board. Go to ProWrestling. I mean, go to Cameo.com slash and uh how about you my good friend well thank you blue mini i appreciate your time as always i always appreciate you and josh letting me uh hang out with you guys i feel like uh i feel like uh, the real third wheel but in a good way right now i feel like the uh the the third co-pilot on the show and i love it i love every time i get to hang out with you guys uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at this is goober you can also see the tweet that paul Heyman sent me on my uh top of the screen a fantastic tweet until you realize he identifies himself as goober the wise man has blessed me and i feel so grateful uh find me on uh twitter at this is goober you can also follow my show foundation radio at FND Radio Pod on Twitter. Every Tuesday, we're doing episodes. Uh, I've had a bunch of interviews uh, recently. My biggest one is with the Washington Post author Robert Costa, who is a very close friend of mine. Talk about his best selling book, Peril, which is about the 2020 election. Highly recommend checking that out. We're also doing some fun stuff on the show. My uh, co executive producer, Sam Kreps, is not a wrestling fan, so I force him to watch shitty wrestling. Uh, we just <laughs> recently watched the Kennel from Hell match. Uh, we watched Undertaker Goldberg, and the first match, obviously, which is the one we had to do was Hogan Warrior 2, which might be the worst match I've ever seen. Uh, next week, oh my god, man, what a drag. Uh, so if you guys have any ideas in the, pod, in the pod squad, send them over to me so I can torture Sam with this really terrible wrestling. But uh, feel free to, like I said, foundationradio.net. Every Tuesday you can find it anywhere you find your podcast alongside of mine with Meanie, Blue Meanie. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Josh Chernoff will be returning next week to uh, tickle your earbuds. Uh, for the Blue Meanie and Josh Chernoff, my name is Adam Bernard, and we will see you again in a couple weeks or whenever I am back. But you'll see Meanie and Josh next week. Peace. Bye. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.